What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. We have a huge announcement tonight at 6 p.m. New South Wales time. That is Monday. Bloke Nation shirts are dropping. So essentially, you've got a small little bloke on the chest, on your left chest, and on the back, you've got Aussie bloke, Kiwi bloke, English bloke, Tongan bloke. Uh, I'll read out all the different blokes that uh, we are selling Monday, 6 p.m. That is tonight. This is honestly, this is one of my favorite drops, if not my favorite drops. So we've got Aussie, Kiwi, English, Tongan, Samoan, Fijian, Cook Islander, and that'll be Cookie, so Cookie Bloke, uh, Lebanese, PNG, Greek, Italian, Indian, Spanish, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, French, Maltese, Canadian, Turkish, Chinese, Vietnamese, Filipino, Dutch, German, Sri Lankan, Macedonian, Chilean, Mexican, and Korean. All of those are dropping tonight. The pre-sale goes live at 6 p.m. tonight. The pre-sale goes live at 6 p.m. tonight. You do not want to miss this, guys. It is, it's honestly, it's my favorite drop. The, the reaction and the engagement online when we post it. Now, if you want to go and have a look what they look like, you can go to www.bloke.shop. That's where you grab them from as well. Or you can go to our Instagram and check it out. The reception has been crazy. So you do not want to miss out, guys. 6 p.m. Monday, New South Wales time www.bloke.shop. We ship worldwide. We ship worldwide, guys. So if you're living in Tonga, Samoa, PNG, Italy, Greece, England, wherever it is, Lebanon, you'll be able to order a Bloke Nation tea. That is at bloke.shop. Get in while the getting is good. It's a huge, huge summer of sport, guys. Rep your country. Rep your country. Also, unfortunately, there won't be a Dirty Merger podcast this week. Unfortunately, myself and the Hello Sport boys couldn't line our times up. But do not fear because myself and the great Gurino, rugby league guru, will be previewing the World Cup and talking all things footy, dropping on Wednesday at 3 p.m., guys. And then next week, myself and Hello Sport, we will be back as usual. So basically, we'll try to find a time next week that will line up for both of us and then we'll drop it. Now, if a podcast over the next six or seven weeks, you know, comes a day late or isn't there on time, do not stress, guys. It's just obviously I'm away and sometimes the times won't line up. But it is my goal to make sure I continue to podcast for you guys at least for the next four four or so weeks uh, with the World Cup on. But I hope to go the whole time. It's just a matter of lining the times up. Uh, as usual, it's always brought to you by Bloke Beer. An absolutely beautiful beer. We had one of our biggest months the other months, guys. Uh, last month, I think it was. People are absolutely loving the beer, especially the mid-strength. If you haven't given the midi a try, give it a try. It's a beautiful, easy-drinking beer. As you saw on the huge night on Grand Final uh, with the live show, people were absolutely loving it. Also, if you go to blokeinabar.com, we've got a store locator. You put in your postcode, shows you the nearest stockers. Uh, on top of all that, we are now in every single Celebrations, Bottolo, IGA Plus Liquor, and Porter's Liquor in New South Wales and ACT. So if you're in New South Wales ACT, you got one near you, they will stock Bloke at a Bar. That's Celebrations, Bottolo, IGA Plus Liquor, Porter's Liquor, and we're in every single Celebration Superstore in Queensland, plus hundreds of other stores in Queensland, New South Wales, ACT, Victoria. Get down to your local and get the beer that loves sport more than any other beer. No beer loves sport the way we love sport, guys. It's the unofficial beer of sport. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke Beer, powered by Aussie Spirit in a can. Bloke Beer is a beer for blokes that turn up for their family, their mates, 
end good times. Get down to your local, give her a crack. If you've been listening to this podcast all year and you've been thinking on the fence about giving it a crack, trust me, get down, grab a six-pack, give her a try. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Beautiful, easy-drinking beer. We've also got the all-new Mid-Strength. People absolutely loving it, guys. Um, so go to our website, blokeinabar.com. You use a store locator. You put in your postcode or your address. It will show you the nearest stockist, guys. It's an easy drinking beer. It's a session lager. Both of them are super, super easy drinking. They're not fruity. They're not hoppy. Just smooth, easy beer. Grab a case from your local. We're also now in every single Celebrations, Bottolo, IJ Plus Liquor and Porter's Liquor in New South Wales and ACT. But we're also brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. Head over to budgiesmuggler.com.au. Grab your kit that is ready for summer. It is the only place for an Aussie summer to get your kit from. It's got everything. It's got hats. It's got towels. It's got the great budgies. It's got women's gear. It's the perfect place to get everything ready for summer. Head to budgiesmuggler.com.au. Grab your um, yeah, grab your budgies. They've got a wide arrangement. They've got uh, it's better than Lego. They've got uh, Joey skateboarding down the uh, King Street. Is it? Is it King Street? King Street. We've got uh, got cheese budgies as well, so plenty of rugby league budgies there. Budgiesmuggler.com.au. Make sure to head in there and uh, support the people that support us and love rugby league as much as we do. Let's get straight into it, guys. We are going to review the bottom eight sides from 2022, talk about their seasons, get straight into it. I've got the great Gurino with me here. How you going, mate? Going well, mate. World Cup around the corner. Cannot wait for it. What about yourself, Timmy? Mate, just excited for the cup. Can uh, you get stuck in? Mate, cannot wait. World Cup, how good. Uh, now, let's get straight into it. Broncos, finished ninth, 2023 games. Reese Walsh, Jesse Arthur's returns. Losses, Branko Lee, David Mead, Tamade Martin, Ryan Ma- uh, James, and Tyson Gamble. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, wins, 13. Losses, 11. Points, 514-4 against 550. What a strange, strange year. You get to round 14 and you're sitting in the top four and you're going, holy shit. Look, the Broncos might not finish in the top four, but there's no way they're not going to make the top eight. Then they have one of the worst back end of seasons, like literally in the history of top eights. It's, I think it's the first time ever a team has fallen out of the top four so quickly. Uh, sorry, top eight, gone from top four out of the top eight so quickly. Um, the back end of the year for the last one, two, th- one, two, three, four, five, six. Out of the last six games, they literally won one game and it was against the Newey Knights. Guru, what do you think about the Broncos' year? Yeah, uh, I know that you've sort of been, uh, you've had to wear a lot of the Kemp curse with the <laughs> Muesli bars and stuff. And I remember after that game to Parramatta, the, the game in round 20, 19 where they beat Parramatta 36 to 14, we sat here and I said, I'm not even impressed. This is who the Broncos. I remember are. you messaged me and you were like, <laughs> you were like, mate, like, and I was like, man, Parra are pretty good, and you're like, yeah, but they've been pretty disappointing, and then boom, it's unlike me to be negative on Parramatta. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thirty-six to fourteen in that game, I thought, good on the Broncos. This is who they are, and yeah, as you said, they won one out of their last six games there. Uh, very disappointing, which also included losses to the West Tigers, to St George Illawarra Dragons. Obviously played the Roosters, the Storm and the Parramatta Eels, but they were fighting with those teams at that point of the season. So, yeah, devastating. I think they're one of the more interesting sides coming into next year. They could go up by five spots or down by five spots. I've got Mm. no idea. 
Jimmy, thoughts on the Broncos season? Mate, um, we've had a, a bit of time to sort of sit back and, and try and dissect, you know, the bottom eight sides who, who missed finals for, you know, a bit over a month now, just about. Uh, I still have no idea with, with the Broncos and, w- and what's going on. Uh, like, t- to go from where they did to miss the aid in such an emphatic fashion, like such a downfall, it's just the only way that I see these sort of things happening is like internal issues, which we've seen a lot coming out around coaching staff next year and what not else. And I just don't understand. Like we saw it with Manly, with the Jersey Gator. Whenever there's an inner inner issue, it leads to just ridiculous drops in form. And but we still don't know exactly what that is. Yep. Just, so there's just so so many unanswered questions with mm. the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, extremely disappointing end to the year. Look, it's good that you know the boys improved or whatever. There's clearly tension within the roster. Like, there's there's no denying. Like, I don't know who specifically or who tension at what, but there's clearly tension in the roster, tension in the admin, because we had the recent report in regards to Benny Eichen and Kevin Walters not necessarily seeing eye to eye. The, that's when you have tension in ter- like in the admin, in the roster, you see it on the rugby league field. And so whatever drama there is internally, the Broncos need to kill that and kill it quick because if they roll into another season with even a skerrick of like, even a, a bit of drama, it's going to be a disaster season for them. It could, I mean, it could even get worse. Um, it is just bizarre to me that they can go so well for so long in the start of the year and then just completely fall off the face of the cliff. I will say though, when you do look at their wins, they beat South Sydney round one, 11-4. Yeah, okay, like South Sydney lost quite a bit. Then they beat the Bulldogs, but then they lost to the Cowboys, they lost to the Warriors, they lost to the Roosters and the Penrith. So three out of those four sides end up being top four sides. Oh, sorry, top eight sides. Outside of that, they beat South Sydney twice. They didn't really beat another top eight side. Melbourne they lost to, North Queensland they lost to. Um, they beat Para. So Para and Cronulla, round eight. Cronulla are really the only two top eight sides in that bracket that they beat. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> oh, apologies, but right, were they top eight at the time? Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Missing someone here can be. <laughs> <laughs> so Canberra, round fourteen, they would have been about. Attention wasn't on you for fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Canberra, I think they would have been. Whereas I'm pretty. Oh, maybe Roosters weren't in the top eight. Anyway, like, we'll just put it this way. Overall, they actually really struggled against top eight sides outside of the the big game they had against Para. And then the game they against, uh, had against Cronulla. But I think if I recall that game correctly, Cronulla had an absolute Barry Crocker. Mm. Um, so do you think there's a chance of maybe the results weren't really expressing where they were really at and they were actually winning against some of the lower tier teams and struggling against the top tier teams? Yeah, when you look at it on paper, I mean, it sort of screams that, doesn't mm. it? Um, I don't know. I, I just felt like... <clears throat> There was a period there where you'd found, like, despite who you were versing, whatever, I just felt like there was a period there where I was just really impressed with the Broncos footy and that Adam Reynolds could be out and other guys had come in and they'd do a fine job. And But, yeah, I don't know. When you look back on it in that fashion, it is uh, a little bit worrying, isn't it? Because, like, you got second half of the season, lost to Melbourne, lost to North Queensland, lost to Sydney, lost to Melbourne, lost to Parramatta. Mm. Um, 
and like substantial losses. Melbourne by 60 to 12, Para 53 to 6. Um, I will say though that they definitely improved. Like there's, there just cannot be any denying. I also will say it was actually one of the most competitive top eights we've ever seen. Now they probably would have got to finals and got bounced out first week. But there has to be something to be said that they missed out on the year of one of the toughest top eights. If they win the Tigers game, they still would have had to win the St. George Dragons game, I'm pretty sure. So, disappointing year for sure. I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned in regards to the, the internal stuff that's going on rather than the, the result is devastating, but at least there's progress. You know, we're no longer at the bottom <coughs> of the table. I think only in the next year, Campy, that's what you've got to do. You, you divide it into two and you go, all right, football-wise, and that's what the playing roster should be worried about. They'll go, we know we can match it with, with top four sides. We know for a period we were a top four side. And like, there's no arguing. The footy they threw out there for, for a period, particularly in around that origin period where, where they were missing a number of players and they still got up. They, they won some really, really tough games with backs against the wall. That's what the playing roster should be worried about. And mm. they'll say, we know we've got it in us to, to not only be a final side next year, but potentially be a top four side. It's the board and the admin and all that they need to worry about all the off-field stuff. But from, as a playing group goes, the football was very good for a period of time there. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, you're totally right. Also, I do believe Reese Walsh at fullback is going to be... Because it's interesting, um, Tessie came in and he went on a period. He played you know, outstanding games. And I'm thinking... You know, maybe Reese will have a bit of a challenge here for that fullback spot, and then unfortunately Tessie um, just struggled a bit. And Reese Walsh at the Warriors, he was usually one of their better players. So I think that added um, excellence in the back there will definitely help a lot. Um, I will say also, uh, Kate well towards the end of the year he was struggling. We didn't know, but he actually needed a full fucking shoulder reconstruction. So that's a big, you know, a tough one. Stags dropped off in a um, a bit of form towards the end of the year. Selwyn Cobbo really began to tire towards the end of the year, but there was a period in, in the middle of the year where, holy, he was playing some really good footy. Um, then we had the Payne House contract dramas. So it's it's almost the most, out of all the clubs, it's almost the most bizarre season because so many things, different things went on. Uh, I will say some positives though, obviously the signing of Reese Walsh, the emergence of Selwyn Cobbo, you know, he's an absolute out and out superstar. Just needs to, just needs to get used to week in, week out, first grade. He's young; he'll he'll get there. Um, but the biggest one is Patrick Carrigan for me. He was absolutely outstanding all year long, all year long. So the positive for the Broncos is, is they found their next captain. Like he's locked in their next captain, surely. And he's going to come back even better from this World Cup. Yeah. So plenty of positives take out of it for Brisbane. Um, just shout out to David Mead and Ryan James who retired this year too. Just two of the better blokes yeah. I think we've had in a long time, those two. So congratulations to them on brilliant careers. Uh, but, yeah, obviously a bit of a sour taste for the Broncos at the back end of the season. They'd obviously – I think that they played good footy throughout the year, but I just felt like they'd restored pride in that jersey. Mm. Last three weeks of the season, they conceded 135 points. Uh, it's 45 per game, and two of those games are at Suncorp. Shout out to the 42,000 poor bastards <laughs> that showed up to watch them get towed 60 to 12. Oh, my Fuck God. Hell. <laughs> nightmare stuff I think maybe next year like I think this year their spine on paper wasn't terrific even Adam Reynolds you're like he's an incredible organisational half this year he took his attacking out to another level because he had to in that mm. spine 
But you know, if he wasn't quite firing, maybe points a little bit hard to come at it, come at at times. I think Reese Walsh will fix that. Mm. Like, like I've said it a few times this year, but I think he's an out and out star, and I think mm. we're going to see it with the opportunity at the Broncos next year if they can get their affairs in order uh, and lift on what they did from the back end of the season. <coughs> but that's going to take a lot of pressure off, off Adam Reynolds just just to put points on the board because I think he's a freak and. I, I can't wait to see what we're saying at Reese Walsh this time next year. Yeah, yeah, I think he's um, his second year of full, full full year of first grade. Even with the Warriors struggling, he's really proven that he's an out and out superstar. Mm. Like even in games where the Warriors were handedly beaten, Reese Walsh was continuing to try everything he could. He's got that silkiness. He's got that special magic touch. He's a competitor. He wants the ball in his hands. In in like the game is on the line. Reese wants the <coughs> ball in hands. He's marketable. So. When you're looking at a bird's eye view compared to where we were, the club is in a way better position. We get Reese Walsh back at a discounted rate, which is good as well. We've got Adam Reynolds. Kurt Catewell gets his reconstruction and he's good to go next year. Paddy Carrigan has become an Australian player. Payne Haas is an Australian player. You know, Flegler, I thought Flegler was outstanding this season. He really, really was. It devastating into the year, but I think there's a lot to like. As long as the admin can get sorted, please, please get sorted. I think there's a lot to like in this young squad. I really do. We've got Herbie Farmworth will come back as well. Big, missed him a lot, especially Heaps. through the tougher periods. He was always that guy that would just, just effort after effort after effort. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Tomorrow, Martin gone. Tyson Gamble gone. I believe Albert Kelly. He's been released yep. as well. Ezra, does that lock him in into the sixth jersey? Yeah, you got to lock him in. Yep. Yeah, like. Towards the end of the year, yeah, he faded a little bit, I think. But I think he showed enough to, like, or well, he showed plenty to be a long-term six. And I think we've made that commitment now. It'd be a bit weird to pull it back and say, oh, actually, sorry, you need another year in, in reserve grade. I think Ezra Mam, he's a superstar of the future. It's just a matter of can he become a superstar at the Broncos, you know, or will he need to go to a club that is going to be playing top four, top six kind of footy? All the time. And then you're running with Walters and Pakes, 9 and 14? So 9 for me is the area where I'm a bit yep. unsure of what they've got going on at the moment. Like Billy Walters, is he a 9? You know, they chopped and changed so much. That's one thing. Now, maybe there was internal stuff going on with injuries and that, but it's one thing that I, I felt that the Broncos chopped and changed a bit too mm -hmm. much with was with their 9 instead of just sticking. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I think Staggs needs to have a big year. Which is surprising because he, he played Origin and he, a lot of people thought he was a bit unlucky not to get a, a second crack. Um, but I do think that if you are the marquee strike outside back, you've you got to put together a full season of high, high quality footy. And I mean, there were periods there where I thought his defence improved out of sight, like so, so good. Um, but I think he's, he needs to have a big year next year for sure. It's a weird season for Staggs. He sort of, he played some of his best footy yeah. games that they actually lost. Yeah. Against the Penrith uh, Panthers early in the season and the Roosters, I, I thought he was like one of the best on the field. Uh, but I mean, in saying that, mate, you came to ninth when you when he didn't really have his greatest season. I don't think Tony thinks he's got a lot more to show. So there are plenty of positives there. Yeah, and like when you look at like I think Selwyn and Corey Oates were literally in like the most areas of the comp. So like, and I think even Staggs was up there as well. So like, these are things that can be trained and taught. Whereas like the the intangibles that Staggs and Selwyn and Coates uh, Oates have, that they can't be taught. So like, all we need to do is reduce some errors from outside backs, and you know, as good as Katoni is, and hands down with ball in hand and defensively, he was terrific this Improved year. Improved heaps this year. Yeah, outstanding. 
he just he waits for the game to come to him at times. <coughs> and we we touched on this earlier in the year, Kempi, and if he's going to be, as you said, the, the strike weapon in that team, which he is, if it's not coming to him, he needs to go and find the ball yeah. and put his stamp on the game. Mm. Because yeah. that's what the best centers in the NRL do. And look no further than Joey Marner, who if the ball's not coming to him, oh. he finds a way to get involved in the game. Yep, absolutely. So <coughs> hopefully they can. All, all in all, I, I, look, the... The ending disappoint is just disappointing. Like, yeah, okay, we improved, but to go out like that just just puts a sour taste in your mouth. But bird's eye view, if you take it back and you look at the last three or four years, there is a lot to like going into next year for the Broncos, as long as they can get certain things sorted. Because put it this way, there's, I don't think anyone's denying they've got a top eight roster now. <coughs> Fair? Definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. Yep. Whereas, like, I think, I think the last couple of years you could make an argument for – do we have the halves? Do we have the fullback? Whereas now you go, look, this is a top eight roster. Like they, they should definitely be making the top eight. So that's a positive. That's a positive. Um, now onto the Dragons. Oh, it's so interesting because like there was a lot of hope with the Broncos and yeah, they finished the end year poorly. I don't know, like the Dragons for me, I was like really underwhelmed this year, but they still finished 10th. So... I don't know where I stand on the Dragons. I'm not – like, can you get a read? Oh, I mean, at the same time, I think they're one of the most honest sides in this football to, – in this comp. Like, I think we all sort of had them as maybe a smoky for the eight. Or I know I did, probably seven, eight. But nine, ten, eleven wouldn't have shocked me. And, you know, I I think next year they'll, they'll do it again. They'll find a way to not finish in the bottom four somehow. But you still won't be overly impressed with them throughout the whole season. And, I mean, like – as much as people at home can't see, like we've got this box here that says gains, losses. They've got two names on their losses and that's it. So nothing is really changing. They're not bringing anyone in. Which is surprising. Like It's I, shocking. I cannot believe they're not... Rec- like, and I know a comment was left a couple of weeks ago that's saying, you know, what about all of our young guys like Amon and Fagai? None and of them seem happy. That's that's what I, I kind of commented. I also commented he, they were there at the club before Hook arrived. Yeah. Um and, you know, Amon, towards the end of the year, he played really well. But before that, he had a bit of a quiet year. Sullivan can't get a start. Sloan's, you know, clearly not happy, asking, well, reportedly asking for releases. Uh, Fagai, apologies if we're saying that incorrectly, but he grew into his skill set towards the end of the year. But as a winger, there's only so much he can do. Yeah. I just... I, 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 where's the... Is the plan, is the plan to go with Sullivan and Amon... And Sloan, is that the plan? Or are there, is it a different direction now? I'm not sure. I think whatever the plan is, it won't shock anyone if it changes in round 10, though. Mm. I think that's just where the Dragons are at at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you what, that, I, mean, I know we, we've spoken about it quite a bit. Fair guy. Jeez, there should be some other clubs looking to grab him. <sighs> Mate, honestly. And he wouldn't be on a big wicket at the Dragons either. Nothing. His footwork is <laughs> so explosive. That try he scored was against the Broncos. Yep. Was fucking amazing. And his brother Max probably isn't as good, but he's not that much worse. He's Which is a damn fucking good player yeah, too. So you same. take both of them. I reckon they'd be a really good get for any. Mate, club. if I was a club that needed a winger, he would be. Honestly, and this is not a like exaggeration. He'd be one of the first wingers I would call due to his youth and the fact that I'd be able to get him for relatively cheap. And mate, and you'd say, what are the dragons paying you? We'll pay an extra hundred and fifty k max, and, like and it'd be fine. Like, well, the, the thing is, is with the dragons right now is that 
you wouldn't even need to pay more. You just have to be a top eight side. Top eight side say, yeah. mate, you can come play finals footy and we'll give you the, the mate, same even contract. Even if you had to pay another 150k to get him there, I think with his potential, I think it could be worthwhile very, very quickly. Yeah, massive mate, potential. Just needs to be a good side. What do you think about the Dragons, Simic? Yeah, I know you boys sort of said earlier on the season you thought maybe they could scrape into seventh or eighth or going to plan. I just don't think they had the roster to do it. I, I don't think they had a, a finals. The mo- or to be roster. fair, the most we said I think were Smokies for the eight. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which they they were fighting for a bit to the yeah, eight. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. It's I think looking at their roster and it's a bit harsh on them that tenth was a good finish for them. Okay. I just we mentioned all year, but. Yeah, there's a lot of youth in the roster, but I was putting a lot of faith in. Like, you think Ben Hunt had an outstanding year, mm. and they finished tenth. Like, mm. there's no change in the roster really to next year. I know there's another year under the belt for a few of these blokes, particularly Talatau Moan. But you know, if Ben Hunt doesn't match this year, can they finish any higher than tenth? I'm not so sure. <coughs> I, I think a shining light. Then it took him a while to find his feet this season, but it was Talatau Moan. So. Mm. If he can continue to develop, which he will, but at a decent rate and take a bit of pressure off and particularly creating points for them, that's a big thing. But it's also, I just, I don't see them finishing higher than 10th next season unless there's a couple of off-season movement. Mm. I will say, shining lights, we'll speak about the positive. Sorry, Dragons fans, we'll speak about the positive. <coughs> I thought Moses Sully was absolutely outstanding this year. And matter of fact, if he, if he was like some bolter and was wearing a Blues jersey, I wouldn't have been surprised. I know, I know he was like a way off Smokey, but I loved what he did this year. And I think that the physicality he brings, that he can match it, well, you can go and watch the games. There wasn't a single, I can't recall a single centre getting it over Suli when they played. Now, they may have got one play, but then Suli would get one back. Um, I was a massive fan of Suli this year, and I think he's matured into the player that, you know, it was all what we hoped for, consistency. Everyone could look at Suli and go, this kid, he can play. Now it's about, can we get this kid playing that way every single week? I thought he was one of their most consistent players until he got injured. Uh, Lomax, a really interesting case because I felt like there were really some games where you saw his class. You really saw his class. And then there were other games where he may have been trying to push the pass too, you know, a bit too much. But then he goes and plays for the Prime Ministers and he plays really well in the Prime Ministers game. And you go, well, is it Lomax or is it the fact that he just doesn't have the cattle around him to go with him? Um, and look, that, this doesn't excuse the the errors that are just made by, you know, Lomax or whatever. Like, a mixed year, but I just think that there's so much potential there with Lomax. It, it's right there. You can see it. He, he does things that no other centre can do. It's just a matter of bringing that out. Benny Hunt, we've spoken about, but what an incredible year from Benny Hunt. Amazing stuff. I want to give Jack Bird a shout out. I thought he was really good for the Dragons this year. Really good. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really gave him the raps they deserved. He was their heart and soul. Like, he was battling in the middle there when the games were done and he was just fighting for every single centimetre. Not, not to mention played just about every position for them because he yeah. needed to fill a gap every different yep. week and he had to train in and, and then play in a new position, like hard yards. Yep. What, lock, edge, both edges, spend a bit of time at centre. He played in it. Did he get around at 5'8"? Probably. Or, sure. Probably. Everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he did it every every. You didn't see a drop in energy in any of the positions. You know, every week he turned up mm. and gave his all. Yeah. Interesting to see what happens with Sua because, you know, I, I really felt like he was signing. I thought he was a really good signing. I thought he suited Hook's style mm. of play, very aggressive defender. But he he had a bit of a quiet year. Um, did he struggle with injury or anything? I, I, 
He got, uh, well, he got he sent off the team for a while there. So I'm not sure if he was injured or not. But I'm sure he was injured for a while. Yeah. Remember but he got binned a couple of times at the start like of the year? Like the worst reason ever. Yeah, and then he got suspended at the start, I think, as well. Yeah, I, he was a, even in the games that he did play, I thought he was a little bit quiet. Um, so th- that's an area where if he can find his feet, he can bring that energy that they need in the forward pack. Because I just think their forward pack's lacking a bit of punch at the moment. Um, when you compare it to some of the better forward packs. He has been a guy as well, though. That, like, even when he was at South Sydney, like, there was periods there where Wayne just went off him for mm. two or three months. I think he has got a little bit of that inconsistency. He's a, he's a young guy. Uh, he'll improve. He's Yeah, it's, it wasn't that long ago he was in a grand final. How old is he? 22, 23? I don't know how old. Because he started at Brisbane, didn't he? Like, he came... I think so. I think maybe 24. 24. 24. So, still yeah, plenty so of footy yeah. left in him. Um but it's going to be interesting because I think they really do need that punch and he can bring it. He really can. Outside of that, the positive things, it was the year of Ben Hunt. What an incredible season. The negative things is like I don't feel like they're any – like outside of experience and, you know, time on the field as a rugby league player, I don't think they're any, anywhere closer to the team that they hoped they would be 12 months later. Mm. Sloan didn't get to play the whole season. Ramsey played, actually had a good season, but is he the long-term fullback? You know, maybe, maybe that's what Hook sees. Ben Hunt and Amon outside of the end of the season, didn't, Amon didn't really click. I thought towards the end of the year, he was outstanding. Sullivan eventually became a number nine, and I, I don't know if McCulloch was injured, but is that something that Hook's gonna stick with by putting Sullivan at number nine? I'm not sure. So they probably finished where I expected, but it's still the, – the thing that is concerning is I just don't get excited for them next year. Whereas, like, coming into this year, I looked at Sloan, Sullivan and Amon and said, I'd argue that's some of the best young players in the competition. Like, literally competitive with Penrith. And, you know, a year on, and there's been a lot of reports out that there's discontent with the young kids. So It's, it's like – I know this is an extremely negative view, so I apologise in advance, but what happens if in the preseason – uh, Benny Hunt breaks his leg mm. and you're going into a whole season uh, without Ben Hunt. Like, and there's a few teams who'd say they have important players to that side and if you lost them in strife, like if they lost Ben Hunt, they're stuffed. Oh. You shouldn't have that much reliance on one player. Mm. And also, like, there's literally, like, what other player is, is a true superstar, superstar at the moment? Like, that's you, like most of the better teams have at least two or three of them, you'd say, that mm. are... Whereas what, so Ben Hunt, is he the only Australian player for them? He is. Yeah. And is he the only Origin player? Yep. Yeah. Jaden Sewer didn't play this year. He played the last few. Yeah, Sewer didn't play. No, he didn't play. No, that's it. Yep. So, I don't know. I'm I'm torn with the Dragons. They they still have some of the best youth in the comp, Mm. but it's a matter of them being being able to, I guess, work with Hook. Really, it's, it's about Hook getting the best out of him. I will say in Hook's defence, he does have a history of getting the best out of some youth. He brought through Drow Yayi, Benny Hunt, Andrew McCulloch, uh, Alex Glenn, Josh Hoffman, um, Jordan Kahu. I'm pretty sure Jordan Kahu might have been a little bit younger. So he has brought through some fucking good players. It's, it's just going to be interesting to see how he deals with the next generation of players. It's crazy. In the last 18 weeks of the season, the Dragons fluctuated anywhere from 12th to 8th. Of those 18 weeks on the ladder, in 13 of them, they were 10th or 11th. <laughs> wow. oh, yeah. like they're wow. weirdly consistent. At what yeah. <laughs> Which is a very hook side. Like like a, they, they won their last three games in a row and they were 10th every single week still. 
they lost their four games before that and they were 11th every single week. They just didn't, there was just no movement anywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm still shocked that they haven't recruited anyone. Like that, that does blow my mind. That does blow my Especially mind. Especially when you're, you know, you're taking into consideration when we had a look at that Telegraph highest 100, they have 11 of them. Well, they had the most in the top 100. Now people left comments saying that's a bit, I guess, uh, they had 10, I think, 10. I th- or maybe it was 11. Yeah. 10 anyway regardless 10% of it when there's 16 yeah. teams and so some people are saying well that's a bit unfair because a lot of other clubs were paying part of those contracts and that like leans into the money ball thing we are talking about at the start of the year that Hook's mm-hmm. gone out and got r- people that aren't wanted by other clubs and but it still doesn't change like 10 if you had like 3 or 4 and you could say that it doesn't account for 10 of the boys being in there it counts for maybe 3 of the like what Jack Bird bit of McCulloch is that it? Maybe Josh Maguire? Yeah. Not much. It wouldn't be that much to have 10 in the top. And anyway. Um, so, I mean, you've got to give them, I guess they didn't fall off the edge of a cliff like the Broncos did. So that, that's a positive. They're still around the 10th and it was a very competitive season. So they jagged two or three more wins and maybe they're competing for the eight. It's just nothing to say about them though. Yeah, I know. Because okay. they haven't brought anyone or. Nothing's changing. Nothing, yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry, Dragons fans. That sounded really negative. Um, but there's no denying you have the best, some of the best young talent with Amon and Sloan. To be and fair, mate, whenever I talk to Dragons fans, I think they say the exact same thing. Yeah, just hard. I, it's yeah. hard when you're listening as a fan and you want to hear. You just you had a hard week. You just want to hear good things about your team and some hope and some excitement. Um, so I guess focus the hope and excitement on Amon, Sullivan, Sloan, guys like Fagai, um, Fagai or Fainai, Fainai maybe. Um, Anyway, on to Manly. Uh, Manly, top try scorer, Garrick. Top point scorer, Garrick. Wins nine, losses 15. No club is in the spotlight like spotlight like Manly. Uh, Rumours of a rift between DCE and certain players. DCE came out and said that there is no rift. He said, basically, and this is just generalising, but he basically said, like, of course, when you're losing, there's, there can be some tension, but there is no rift between, you know, me and the players at the moment. Obviously, we had the Jersey saga, which was a huge deal, not to take anything away from that. Uh, they also had, um, you know, their hooker. I think he's going to appeal the case, but he was found guilty. Um, but, the, like, again, not to not to downplay any of that, but really the biggest out was Tom Dravojevic. That That's it. Like, there's no getting around it. Just as much as the Dragons rely on um, Benny Hunt, you could argue that the Manly rely on Tom Dravojevic just as much because they finished less. Um, be, ugh, insane that. They've got DCE. They've got young, good guys coming through. Um, for Manly, I don't know what to say because if Tom Dravojevic is in the side next year, they could be top four again. Quite easily. You know, so you just you just don't know. Um, what do you think about Manly season? Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh you can't really talk about their season without mentioning Turbo, which you already have. Uh, obviously, he's so important to that side. And then, I don't know, mate, they, they're a good footy side. They're just, it just seems to be a basket case over there at the moment from the outside looking in without being inside it, obviously. But it just seemed to be over the last four weeks there was a new drama every week. Well, I mean, there was literally during grand final week. Why the fuck are we talking about Manly during grand final? Yeah, week? like Marty, something... Marty Tapao did an interview saying like I could have like in the whole basis of the interview was like he could have been in a GF and how he went to to Desi twice to ask for a release. It's like 
That's tough. Some strange plays by Marty towards the back end of the season. I, I think he just wants out. I think he just wants out. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, if you're trying to make yourself appealing to other clubs, I don't know. Anyway, um, I mean, it was one of many fires that was being lit over there at Manly this year. So, um, yeah, I see that uh, Josh Schuster has pulled himself out of the World Cup for Samoa to focus on next season. <laughs> so, good on Josh. Uh, he'll be one of the more interesting guys to watch pre-season next year. Well, he's I mean, playing, if he's playing. The pressure he has on him. Is absolutely enormous. Getting rid of Kieran Foran, a like a loved son of the club. Um, really interesting. What do you think of Manly, Timmy? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say the obvious one was Tommy Trebojevic being out for the season, but it's hard to look past Jerseygate for me. They were, we were there was much debate at the time that it will this derail their season. Prior to that happening, they were looking like every chance of playing finals footy without Tommy Turbo and you're like, all right, maybe they're not as reliant on him as we think. Jersey thing happens, they lose six on the trot to finish the year. I think one game was 10 points. Aside from that, they were all like 16 to 20 points plus, weren't even close. The final round of the season, the Bulldogs game, they somehow lost that one late. Uh, so that just completely derail, derailed their year. Mm. Um, I think... I think that's a pretty safe, like fair thing to say. Yeah. Um, because at that point, yeah, they, like they could have played finals footy. And you said, you thought, Tommy, if they can get there again, another club, you hate saying it, but it's rugby league. If they can get their affairs off the field in order, and then if Tommy Chavoyevich comes in, and can, if Tommy can play a full season and mm. stay fit, like I think <coughs> this team can finish top four. I'd nearly say they will finish top four next year. So it's not, it's not hard to be hopeful about me because of the roster they've got. Yeah. But. Gee whiz, disappointing end of the season for them. Oh, massively. I will say as well, like real shining lights is they unearthed Cooler. I thought Cooler had a really solid year. Um, they unearthed um, Tupanoa. Is it Tupanoa? Tui Pilotu. Tui Pilotu, apologies. Tui Pilotu on the wing. I thought he was really good. Fell off a bit towards the back of the end of the year. Both of them got a bit quiet, but that's to be expected with everything that happened at the club. Um, Ola Kawatu, I thought, had a bit of a quiet year this year. But I think they were all just a victim of everything that went wrong. Um, I, I thought Olakwasi was massive for the first half. I think he was a huge victim at the back end of what Yeah, happened. yeah, for sure. Think, uh, he was great that, at the start. Well, at I mean, the start, I, was unbelievable. the start, I was thinking Origin. Yeah. Mm. Like he was... Like he, I, I just could, I kept imagining him in a Blues jersey on the edge just causing absolute havoc. Yeah. But then towards the end, I, he tried really hard. You could see he was working his ass off, but everything just didn't seem to click for him. The other kid they unearthed, and his name is escaping me right now. I'm hoping Matty knows. K.O. Weeks. K.O. Weeks was one, but then who's the kid that went head-to-head -head with uh, Rhea Hargrave? Oh, Fulton. Fulton. Yeah. He looks very talented as well. So there are a couple of young guys coming through there that have got a lot of promise, but... Um, Do they yeah. still have a nine problem, or is Lachlan Croker officially a nine? I think Lachlan Croker is a good enough player to not have a problem, but I think they could do better there. And I think, probably put it this way, because they invest so heavily in, like, say, Tommy Jaboyevich, mm. DCE, um, to Lester, Jake Jaboyevich, you know, Schuster next year, something's got to give. Mm. So if you can get a cut-price Lockie Croker doing a job for you, you know, you sort of, there's not yeah. much of a way around it. It's just, like, I know you're talking about a lot of what-ifs, but they had the guy who was right there. They they let go of Happy Coruscant to keep the guy. Imagine this team with Happy in it. Yeah. Holy. But, I mean, like, in saying that, you know, like if, if Nace was still playing, it's a completely different conversation. Like it is, mm. it's been pretty unfortunate for them how it has played out. Because, I mean, mate, there was a period there I was going, when they, I remember when they let Appy go, I, I was sitting there going, okay, I get it. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. It, it wasn't a mistake because yeah, it's just been it's unfortunate. Seen, yeah, it's, uh, that's, it's more talking about the 
the idea of how unfortunate it all is. Yeah. Absolutely wasn't a mistake because you were sitting there going, got this young, extremely good hooker coming through. Um, you know, unfortunately just got caught up in the wrong situation. Um, I mean, Apicorus, yeah, it's been great for his career. He's gone on. Jeez. <laughs> Wasn't it crazy? Like, you look at the, you know, we'll talk about them soon, but, you know, like you could say that's a turning point for Manly. It's a turning point for Canterbury. It's a turning point for Penrith mm. as well. Hopefully it'll be a turning point for the West Tigers. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a quarter of the comp. Yeah, it's crazy. His impact just doesn't get enough spoken about Apicorus here. Uh, now, um, I would love to see a big year out of Saab next year. I think he's he's just a big athletic. He's... Seriously, his potential is best winger in the comp. He could be that. That's how incredibly gifted this kid is athletically. Um, so, look, the Manly year, I'm sure they will be super disappointed, but there's plenty of reasons why, at least. Like, I know that sounds like excuses, but, you know, when you compare it to the... It's, it's a bit unfair on the Dragons, because then you go, well, hang on a sec. The Dragons have a probably a not as good re, uh, regime, uh, roster, and we're being harsh on them and not being excited. I think it has more to do with the fact that it's even though they had this poor year, Manly, their roster is a bit more exciting. And like they got the difference is is next year they it's almost like they're recruiting Tom Dravojevic. Put it this way: if this Dragon side had Tom Dravojevic coming back next year, I'd be pretty excited. <laughs> I'd be pretty excited. Um, so really disappointing. They need to sort out internally if there is any issues because it's like the Broncos pretty much. If they don't, it'll it'll rear its ugly head sometime in the season. I think it'll be interesting with this side too. Like their left edge is so strong. It has been great all year. Now that Foz has gone, I'm very keen to see how it affects them. And I'm even keener to see if without Foz, whether DCE takes even more control of this yeah, side. Which is like crazy. He's a guy that has so many receipts every single game. That could go up next year. Now, um, the Doggies finishing, what, 12th? Finished 12th? I mean, not bad. Not bad. I don't mind it. I know it's like not world beating or whatever, but towards the end of the year when they made the call to bring in uh, Potter, they looked like a different side. Like when you look at their, you know, they got the bulk of their wins pretty much around when he came in. So around a period of six games, they won four from six. And two games they lost were Cronulla and South. So, you know, top tier teams. Um, they beat the Roosters. Earlier on, that was where obviously Trent Barrett was there. I, I'm excited for, for the Bulldogs. I really am. I thought they showed some real signs of, um, I guess, some good footy and the connection between Burton and Fox. I think they're going to build the club around Burton. Got Kickout coming, got Reed Marnie coming, Ryan Sutton coming. Look, I think next year is going to be an exciting year for Bulldogs fan. Reviewing this year, I think the biggest error from the year was unfortunately it just wasn't working with Barrett. Unfortunately, the decisions that were being made just just weren't working. And bringing Potter in, I thought it was a, a, a smart move because it seemed to just release a lot of the players. Um, so the positive is Kyle Flanagan, Burton, Avarillo all have more reps, reps together. Reed Marnie arrives. You got Kikau on an edge. So even though you know it wasn't the most successful year ever for the Doggies, I think this is a great building year into next season for the Dogs. And thank God, because it's the first time in about three years that we've looked at Canterbury and gone, they've actually made some good decisions for the future. Mm-hmm. I've sat there the last two years and watched them, and like, like we were sitting here talking about them last year going, they know they've got Burton coming, right? Yeah. Like they're aware that he's arriving and they should probably do something to prepare for, for him yeah. to arrive. Um, 
They started to do that in about round 10, thank God, and gave him a halfback. But give them a whole preseason together with their experience in this year and getting Reid as well. I think that Burton, he'll be the big winner of Reid. I think Reid's got the best pass in rugby league. He'll be on the front foot constantly. Um, you see Reid Marnie's pass, like we spoke about the last few weeks. He can beat two players with his dummy half pass. Yeah, you Just get your 5'8 on the front foot. I, I think Burton will be a huge winner out of that. So plenty of positives. But um, yeah, I mean, they won one of their first seven games and they somehow beat the Cowboys in week one before they sort of became... The Cowboys, I guess. But, uh, yeah, they just need to... I think starting well is going to be key for this new Canterbury side next mm. season. Yeah. What do you think of the Doggies, Timmy? Yeah, I mean, for so many years, particularly the last two or three years, we've said, you know, don't worry, Doggies, Doggies, like, it's tough times. We'll get yep. through it. You know, you'll get through it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, was Burton coming last year? Then light at the tunnel, there's Marnie, Viliami, Kikau coming next year. It's like, well... Next year, I think, is the train getting to the end of that tunnel. Yeah. They're hitting the light. <coughs> I think they've done the hard yards for yeah. a long time. But next year, I know this is a season review, but it's hard not to go straight into yeah. next season because you, you know it can't be it. It was, it was a good year and it was a good back end of the year in prep for next year, which is the priority. Because yeah. this year, look, they're never going to do too, too much damage, but they've built well leading into next season. And... They've got the makings of a top eight side uh, in in twenty twenty three. So for all those long suffering doggies fans, I, geez, they should be excited about next year. Yeah, and and I I will say though, and you kind of alluded to it, next year's the year though. There's no more excuses for the doggies. Mm. Like they can't finish thirteenth, fourteenth again, and then say it's okay. Like they need to be challenging. I, I don't necessarily need to make the top eight, but they need to be fighting for the top eight in my opinion yeah. with the roster they have. Otherwise, I mean. They've got a new coach, though, so you've got to give him a bit of slack. You can't just expect him to do But with the roster they have, I think they should personally be um, pushing towards that top eight. I mean, fighting for it. I don't know if they'll get it, but at least fighting for it. And there's a heap of guys in this side that had really good seasons. Max King yeah. has become one of their, you know, probably their best starting front rower. Kiraz, what a find he was. It was in He's development. He was a development player. Crazy. Um, Aaron Shop as well. I think he really sort of came of age at the back end of the season. Um I'm hoping that he lands at left centre. So you'll have Burton, Kikau, him, and then Fox. I think that'll be a really good little spot for him. Pretty good real estate there. So plenty of positives. How's that edge? No, it's unreal. Oh. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. So plenty of positives for Canterbury uh, coming into next season. And, yeah, I think you take a lot of lessons from this year. Still got, like, uh, Alamotti, who hasn't played first grade yet, I don't believe. I think he played in trial. So he's still coming through. So Jackson... Topany, Topine Topany. He um everyone you speak to internally at the dogs, he got a few starts this year, but the raps are so big on him. Like yeah. that they think the world of that that kid. So. I should I think he should be their thirteen. Yeah. I really do. I'm surprised that they don't just put him there and put I've never spoken to anyone that said a bad word about mm, him. Everyone yeah. everyone like everyone <coughs> seems to love him as a player except the selection panel at Canterbury. Mm. It's bizarre. <laughs> mm. Um so look, good building year for the doggies. Good building year, like the the uh, res- the resurgence or the not resurgence, sorry, the um, I guess the Burton arriving, especially towards the end of the year when he actually got a seven that could allow him to play his game. Because like when he got there, I, if I'm being honest, I thought he was a bit quiet, Burton, and he made a few errors, and it just wasn't working for him. As soon as he got Flanagan there to just lay a bit of a platform, Burton just exploded, and all of a sudden. He was one of the, the better form sixes in the comp, in my opinion, at least for, for a little period. Um, so very exciting. It's really unfair what they did to Burton, I think. Like, I think he came off a year of playing centre. <laughs> they made him the main ball player and didn't give him a halfback. Crazy. 
It's just, yeah, anyway. Titans. What do you think about the Titans, Guru? Uh, yeah, look, I, I know a lot of people were very high on the Titans coming into the season. I wasn't as high in the pre-season. I thought that losing the halfback was a big mistake. Uh, I think it proved to be. They had Toby Sexton there for the vast majority of the season. They sort of dropped him at the back end of the year, and they did hit a bit of form, to be fair. But, um, I mean, they beat Manly, Newcastle, and the Warriors, so I'm not sure... Um, I know a lot of people sort of pin that on Toby Sexton not being in the side, Tanner Boyd coming in. I actually thought that Sexton was tremendous this year. I think he led the league in forced dropouts. I thought for a halfback that was constantly playing on the back foot, who was 70 kilos dripping wet, I thought he had a pretty good season, Toby Sexton. I think he was sort of the scapegoat for this side, but uh, not that we needed any more evidence, but just to show how important it is to have an experienced ball player in your side. They've gone and got Kieran Foran, so hopefully they have fixed up that little issue, that major issue there, I should say. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, for the squad that they've got, I don't think it's a top eight caliber, but I think that they could have done better than what they did. So disappointing for the Titans to finish. Well, they finished 13th. Mm. Yeah, considering they made the eight last year, you would have to say it's disappointing. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a few asterisks on that eight Mate, performance last year. They just... Again, probably being a little bit harsh, but I think when when you finish thirteenth, it's hard to sort of bite back too much. I just, I didn't think they had the roster this year to to really compete for a top eight spot. Uh, again, we saw glimpses of what they are capable of doing in attack, but defensively, just a shambles. And we sort of touched on it a few times this year that we know they've got points in them, but the whole off season just got to be working on that defensive unit and and basically taking the blueprint of what Todd Payton's done up at the Cowboys again a very easy thing to say from from behind the bar but uh, I do think there needs to be a few priority shifts in, in the way they do they do train because uh, next season I, I think you already mentioned it Guru but just missing that experienced half <coughs> now Kieran Foran pray to God that he stays fit next season because he can turn that club around He's by no means a superstar, but he's exactly what the Titans need. A mm. veteran, <coughs> organisational half. I think he'll do wonders for them. Yeah, look, the Titans, they're a tough one for me because I actually think their roster could be around the 8 to 10 mark. I just think the concern I have from is is like, at least for three or four years, is that they just refuse to get in grinds. Like, they just mm. refuse to want to say, you know what, we're just going to complete our sets, tough our defence out. Now, I know that towards the end of the year, they did change up their defensive systems. And I did think that you were starting to see some results of some resilience towards the end of the year. Um, like for periods, like they still got fucking a lot of points put on them. Um, you know, so they did win. So out of their last four games, they won three. Now, obviously, they were, that's all against bottom eight sides. Um they still had a tendency to leak a lot of points, but I did see, see periods where their defence looked a bit better. But that's my main concern is like, how do you as a playing group turn around the attitude of it all? How do you turn a team that seems to want to just score more points than the other team and they don't want to have to do all the shit that sucks from playing footy, how do you do that and turn around the next year and have them come out and be one of the better defensive sides? And I think that's going to be their biggest challenge. We know they can score points. Like, when you look at this, like, very rarely do they score less than like 10 points. Mm. I mean, there's plenty of times, 28 points against um, Para, uh, 20 points against, you know what I mean? Like there's plenty of, you look at the scores and you go, even in their wins, it's like 44 to 24, 
36 to 26, 27, 26 against the Warriors. Like, they can score points, but they just leak way too many. How's that? Those last seven games of the season, there was only one game where both teams in the game didn't go 20-plus points, and that was 32-14. They had, in five games out of 24 this year, they conceded less than 20. And mm. so that's that's the issue I have. It's not with the roster. Like, I mean, we've spoken ad nauseum about letting go of Fogarty. That, that to me, was just mind-blowing. Kieran Foran is absolutely the perfect signing for him. I think it's a smart signing. Um, but the concern is, is like something needs to train drastically to get that 17 blokes to all go in and to a new season and go. Now, I will say, and I know we, I feel like we've bring it up every single team, but if you need some inspiration, look at the Sharks, look at Todd Payton. Because I think when the Cowboys the worst defensive side in the comp last year. Yeah, they, if they weren't, they were bottom three. So it is yeah. possible. You know what I mean? It is possible to do it. But that's the if, if I'm doing a preseason with the Titans or I'm, you know, making the decisions to do it, my whole goal is I don't give a shit about attack. We're gonna become the toughest motherfuckers in the in the the game. Now you may not become the toughest, but if you come the eighth or sixth or seventh toughest, that's at least better than leaking all the points that are leaked. Because um, the points will come. The points will come. The points aren't an issue. That yeah. points are not an issue for the Titans. It is purely about defence. Um, In fact, it's quite remarkable they scored as many points as they did despite conceding so many. It just doesn't lend itself yep. to each other. Like, like they scored 16 points against Sydney. Um, they scored 20 points against Para. What else we got here? Melbourne. They scored 14 points. Um, you know, like Cronulla, 10 points. It was 18-10 loss. So, like, uh, South Sydney, 16 points. Like, they can score against – they just leak too many. To your point before, the Cowboys conceded 15 points a game this year in the regular season, and last year it was 31. Oh, fuck, 31. And, yes, they were the worst. So, it can, it can happen. It can absolutely happen. But that's – the roster isn't my concern in the sense that, okay, yeah, do they have a top four roster? Probably not. But also, it's not where I'm sitting there going – like, for example, a couple of years ago, you'd look at that Doggies roster and you'd go, sorry, boys, like, it's just a tough roster. This Titans roster, I think it's more just about attitude for them in defence. And I think now they know how they're going to shape up next year. Um, <clears throat> Sam Verrills, he'll be straight into the nine jersey. Such a good buy. Great buy. Yep. Also because it frees up Aaron Clark to play 13. You put him there, you don't think about it again. For put Tino in the front row, yep. let Tino just do what he does. That is, talking about shining lights, what an incredible pickup Tino has been for this club. Because if Tino can't lead this club into a better lands, no one can. Yeah, but they need they need guys to go with Tino because yeah. he can't keep putting his body through what he's no doing way. this year. He cannot keep. It's not fair. On and him. also, if I'm being honest, and and I'd, I'd say the same thing, um, you know, when the Brisbane Broncos were struggling and big superstar players, if they want to win comps, if they wanted to leave, even though I wish they wouldn't leave, I would understand it because I'd be like, you know what? you got one career, the Broncos, we are struggling. We aren't going to win a comp. Fair enough. Go and win a comp. And I'll have to say, like with the Titans and Tino, they owe it to him to keep him there, to give him some competitive finals footy. Because at the end of the day, like he shouldn't have to stay at a club. If like obviously you're honour your contracts, all of that kind of stuff. But he is a premier, premier elite player in this game, and he deserves to be playing finals footy and winning comps, or at least challenging for comps. At least he, he's had a taste of it. Yeah. The one I feel for <clears throat> AJ Brimson. Oh, so good. He like I mentioned, Reese Walsh thing. He he could be a superstar. Uh, AJ Brimson freak. Like mm. 
and we touched on how they're still scoring so many points. Remember his origin it, debut? It, it's because Brimson is a freak. Like yeah. Brimson, at sorry to Titans fans, but at a gun club, a top mm. four or top six side, he'd have twenty tries and thirty five tries. It's like mm. it, he's such a star, and <clears throat> we're only scratching the surface of, of what how good he can be because unfortunately probably hasn't had the opportunity to do it at the Titans. Yeah. Um, but like he's got to be getting to the point where he's gone. He's just skipping the Titans at 24 years old. Yep. So there's obviously loyalty there. I'm sure he loves the club, but going, I want to go and play finals footy and win competitions. Am I going to get that at the Titans? Well, I don't know. Hopefully he does, but I'm not so sure. And also they've got Jaden <clears throat> Campbell. <clears throat> like Jaden Campbell is, is one of the freakiest players in the NRL. Like he is incredible. Just needs to work on his defence a bit. Well, we, we've spoken about it all season at depth. One... Who are the one six seven round one next season? I would be going four and seven, Brimo six, Campbell one, and I'd be going Beryl's nine with Clark at thirteen. I agree, and you know you mentioned obviously if AJ Brimson, you know hopefully this Titans team can turn it around, but fuck the Titans must be nervous about surely like if a top eight club said to Brimo, we want you to play your position and come and play finals mm. footy. God, it's going to be hard yep. for him. To, like, we'll, I don't think he's a five-eight. I think he's the best five-eight at this club. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's. A I think he's a fullback. Yeah, he's a fullback. Sure. Like, if 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 Reece Walsh wasn't coming to the Broncos, I would love to have him there. Pay him five hundred, six hundred k, and like people are going to laugh. It's like Broncos aren't going that well. Look, I'm sure the Sharks. You know what I mean? Boom. Mm. They would have the money in the cap to pay him five hundred, six hundred k. And and I don't get me wrong. I as we said earlier, uh, last week. Will Kennedy, for me, like is almost probably the most underrated fullback in the comp. Never gets mentioned, but his slickness out of the back is really good. But that's how much I rate Brimo. Yeah. You know, so there are clubs out there that are that are challenging for top-tier footy that could use a guy like Brimo at fullback. It's unfortunate for them that they have got these two extremely talented fullbacks, but you need to fit both of them in the side somewhere. And unfortunately, I don't think you can play Campbell anywhere else. No, you I can't. I think he's just an out-and-out yeah. one. So I, I, like, think, I think... Foran, Brimo, Campbell, Beryls, oh, that's a solid spine for me. Mm, like, yeah. You know, I really like, I sit there and I go, okay, that's not a top four spine, but I tell you what, if they're playing their best, they'd be hanging around the eight. They really would. Then they go into the, the market for some bigger forwards and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they've got Tino, they've got Fafita. Let's say Fafita brings out the best. So disappointing year for the Titans. Really, oh, it would, there's no denying it. But there's still a bit of hope there, in my opinion. Can they hold on to Campbell and Brimo? I don't think so. I don't think so. Surely by, what is it, by 2025, surely they both can't be in this team. Yeah, I I don't think so. I I really think that they're going to have to make a choice eventually. Um, Surely one of them will jump ship first, won't they? I think it actually might be Brimo first. Uh, it's, well, if, I, if I'm Brimo and I have to play 5-8, I'm going to play fullback in a good side, yeah. personally. Yeah. But from all I've seen of Brimo, he does seem to absolutely love that club. He loves He it. seems to be a very loyal bastard as well. And also, Brimo, what I love about him is it doesn't matter what the score is, he is trying his absolute yeah. heart out. And you're like watching the Titans play and you're like, man, there's nothing doing here. And it's just Brimo just comes flying down the field. So it's... Brimo and Tino are like two of the best blokes in the comp. So if you're a Gold Coast Titans fan, what you can be proud of and excited for is you've got two leaders that truly are good human beings and you would want to represent your club. It's just a matter of the support staff, the admin, the recruitment need to not let go of key players and put these guys in a position to play their best footy. 
Um, so one, one more that's got to be touched on. Bowie Fermor. 11 Great tries year. this year, 6 tries this, 10 line breaks. Troy, you know, gave, gave his all every single week. And <clears throat> we've said throughout the year, you know, maybe he's like comparing him to Dave Fafita. It was hard not to, the two edges. Yeah. But yeah, a bit of an overachiever who gets every last little inch of effort out of himself every week. I think it's more we can say now that I know it was a soft opposition, but the uh, PNG game, PM's 11, just the movement in some of those line breaks, he did his footwork and, and his awareness. He's a really good football boat, mm. Bo Fermore, and he has a whole season of it. And I, I think he's, you know, he's not, doesn't have the natural attributes of, to be a freak footballer, but gee, there's something about him. Yeah, it's interesting because like me and, me and Guru have spoken <laughs> about this and Guru is much more like higher on mm. Bowie Fermore. My, my concern with Bowie, to be clear, he had a great year. He's a good, solid, wide running forward. I just don't know. Does he have that next step in him? I'm not sure. And the only other problem is he's just got an error, like a few errors in him, yeah. especially towards the end of the year, just really unforced stuff. But I will say, if I was going to give a most improved player for the season at the Titans, it's Bowie Fermore. And I'll also agree with you, watching that Prime Minister's game, I understand it was against you know a team that wasn't that great in, in regards to you know their um, ability compared compared to, relatively speaking, compared to most people, they'd be great. Bowie Furmore, it made me realise maybe I might be a bit wrong about his potential. Just the, his footwork at speed, I was quite taken aback and I, I, I started to rethink what Guru and I had been talking about of like, maybe I am underestimating his natural ability a bit because he was in the Queensland camp as well. Mm. So I might be missing something that a lot of other people think. Guru, what thoughts on Bowie I Furmore? I mean, yeah, look, I, I like him because I appreciate where he's come from and what he is. And I'll be honest with you, 18 months ago, I didn't think he was a first grader. Okay. I really didn't. When he yep. was playing for the Giants, I thought, this, this guy probably won't last too long here. But, mate, uh, play 23 games, 11 tries, 10 line breaks in a team. Like, if you take out the last four weeks, he won his, he won two games of football out of 20. Fuck. Like, he's got something and he – I don't – like, I don't know. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. But he's just a real goer. Yeah. I, I love that. I respect him. I, lo- I respect him a lot as a player. Similar to yourself. Yeah. Like, I love that – it's such a chalk and cheese one where you've got a, one guy, a big fella for Fafita on the edge. And to be clear, I think that Fafita has, hasn't been used correctly. I also think when you actually look at his stats, he hasn't actually had as bad a year as people try to make out. But it is a chalk and cheese of like, you've got one guy who was a generational beast, another guy that's an absolute battler, honestly, which struggled a, a couple of years ago. I agree, Guru. I probably didn't even have him as a first grader. I thought he'd be like one of those really good reserve graders that knocks up mm. 300 reserve grade games, loved by the club. Um, and yet it's, it's Bowie Fermo we're talking about. Um, I, I think that, I think we're in for a big year from Fafita though next year. We'll speak about the big fella. I think that, first of all, he comes off contract next year, doesn't he? Pretty sure. We'll take you. so. Fafita, wrong team. <laughs> yeah, wrong team. So he comes Keep off contract. So contract contract wise, like he's coming off contract. So, you know, you're looking at that does motivate. It's it's the people you know hate on it and be like, oh, it's contract year, that's why he's playing well. Look to your own life when you're coming off contract. Do you work a bit harder? You do. And is in a perfect yeah. world, would you not? In a perfect world, you would love to be David Goggins and rock up every week and be the fucking man. But most people have down years, 
big years come around. So I reckon Fafita's in for a big year. I also reckon Kieran Foran's going to know how to get the best out of Fafita. I also, what I love about the Foran signing is the fact that he's got so much respect in the game. Fafita will listen to him. Like, he'll be like, if Foran says get fucking there, he'll get there. Not to say that he would not do that for Sexton, but I hardly, I highly doubt Sexton is sitting there going, oh, you feed off, fucking do this or that. Because it's hard. He's a young player. You wouldn't expect to. So for the Titans, there is an exciting future, but it was a very disappointing year in my opinion. Just uh, a name to throw at you that I'll, uh, he'll be a, could be anything guy for me in the preseason. <laughs> uh, hyphen name, Khan Piera. What's his first name? first name? Not sure how to pronounce Dengis? his first name. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing <laughs> the... Either of his last names correctly. What okay. was that? First name's Genghis. <laughs> um, yeah, keep an eye on him. He's an outside back who is lightning quick. And I know that the Titans are not short on Are we talking beat backs. quick or are we talking... <laughs> beat quick, you reckon? Oh, I must, I'm asking you. Maybe. <laughs> um, not according to Blocker, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently I fucking wasn't the quickest. The great Block. Block, Block. Um, okay. Now, it's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt, guys, because this is probably the most disappointing. Well, not really, because we, anyway. I'm kind of cold. Oh, yeah. Okay. Knights. Wow. So the Knights, <coughs> their gains, Adam Elliott, Jack Hetherington, Tyson Gamble. What I love about all those three signings, Lord of Mongrel. Lord of Mongrel. Ooh, so yeah. they're, they're not going to be lacking for fucking Mongrel. Um, wins six losses 18 18 losses points for 372 points against 662 this was a this is a devastating year for the Knights absolutely devastating ever since uh, Adam O'Brien has taken over they've made finals they didn't even look like finals matter of fact if I'm being totally honest I felt like for periods there they were kind of even lucky not to win the spoon um like I cannot express how surprised I'll be if there aren't huge changes made. If they're if they're ten weeks in struggling, I can't. I think there'll be big, big mass changes at that club. They, I mean, I think they've already begun it. Is it Peter Parry's name? The old Cowboys yep. general manager. He's came in. Um, look, let's speak about the positives first. And it's I know. I know Newey fans won't think this is a positive, but the good thing is, is I really feel like we saw Kalen in origin become the superstar that we know he is. Now it's a matter of getting that out of him at Clubland. To be fair though, in the games that he played, he was usually the Knights' best player. So although you're, I just want a little bit more out of him at Clubland, I don't think that if he's your best player each time he plays, like you can't say that's a bad year for, for Kalen. You have to at least look at there's 17 blokes on a field. You can't just put it all on Kalen's shoulders. Yes, he's the superstar. Yes, he's on the big coin. But, like, I think the problems are much deeper than one guy at the New Knights at the moment. Um, and I think, the, unfortunately, the problem is, is that they did not prepare correctly for the halves. They just didn't. Now, in their defence, they did lose uh, Jaden Braley. Most of the season when he come back round sixteen, yeah, and he was sensational when he returned. He was really I good. I thought he was great. That was going to be my shining light is how good he was coming off an injury yep. back into that season. So with a preseason under his belt, uh, I, he's the guy that could really sort of turn the ship around a little bit there. Um, now, 
the concern is is with Kale and Ponga is just the he's uh, just struggling to string a full season together. Mm. I think he strung a couple together at the start. You know, the concussion stuff is a real <laughs> concern for me because there's one thing you can't deny with Kalen, he's tough. I like I know but I, I don't I don't see it. When people say, Oh, he doesn't put his body on the line, that I, I kind of I feel like he puts his body on the line all the time too much. Um and so that's the concerning thing. They've signed him till 2027, and I'm just a little bit worried that he, he goes a bit too hard. He needs to be a bit protected by the players around him because they need him to be good. So he's been at the Knights five seasons. He's gone 20 games, 20 games, 19 games, 15 games, 14 games. Okay, so people might say – and look, that's not – that's why I didn't say he's injury prone yet. But if you're a superstar player, you want to probably be get at least – couple seasons with 23 24 games so i don't think you could put him in the category yet of like fully injury prone but the last two seasons unfortunately well would you say two or three two and a half yeah two and a half maybe two and a half is it's just been it's tough when your, your star player isn't out on the field as much as possible because he's the key without kalen they are seriously they definitely wouldn't spoon oh, sorry sorry the 19 games was the shortened season so it's probably the last two Just seasons. the last two. Yeah. So, again, you, you, you could put it down to just an unlucky couple of seasons. So that's why I'm a bit like going into next year, I just want to make sure he gets through the whole season and just get some footy under his belt. Yeah, it, it is tough as well. You know, this year, like, there's – from all of his games this season, there's five of them where he didn't finish it. Yeah. So he's gone off the field and – I don't have any numbers to back it up, but I felt like there was a lot of times where he went off HIAs and then he came back after yeah. as well that were sort of close calls. So, it, uh, yeah, for, for me it is becoming a worry for Newcastle. I'm not confident that KP sees out 80% of a season going into it. I hope so. I hope he does, man, because watching that I hope Origin does, series... It's worrying, yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's such a superstar of the game and he is so fucking gifted. Oh, my God. He's a freak. He's a um, freak. Any concerns in regards to, to Kalen for you, Timmy, or...? Uh, I think so, particularly with the way that NRL clubs manage concussions uh, in, in the modern era. Um, the one thing is that we do see a lot of really good footballers early on in their career suffer a lot of injuries. I, I suppose it's just that combination <coughs> of you maybe going a little bit too hard for your own good, mm. but just your body not being fully developed yet. And, and there's a lot that come to mind. James Tedesco, go, Sonny Bill Williams, Jonathan Thurston, all these blokes who had lots of injuries early on and you sit there and worry, worry, worry about them, but they do tend to come good a, a, as the body grows into its full size. So I hope that's the case with Kalen, but just these head knocks. Uh, really concerning. It can just like, it can be one bad one early on next year and, and it could be a season out sort of thing. Like that's how delicate it is after enough. So uh, it is a concern and you touched on it, Kempi, but Origin 3 this year, he was the best player on the field and you're just going, he's, he was nearly untouchable Yeah. in our game's biggest stage. like In the biggest game you could like, a pressure yeah. cooker, massive game, Suncorp state. It doesn't get bigger. No. Nah. doesn't get bigger. So... I mean, we saw the uh, the RLPA uh, players player announce the other day. T Teddy got that one. KP was voted by his peers the best player only a couple of years ago. Jeez. 2018, so. <laughs> which seems like a long time ago now. Yeah, it seems like forever. We know what he's capable of doing. Yeah. 
It, it, I, like I just want KP at his best because he's a credit to the game. Like we rugby league needs guys like him that gets the kids involved. They want to be like Kalen. It, it increases sign ups. It, it does all the good things for rugby league. So hopefully you can. Um, okay, a few other things. Where do you see? How do the Knights get themselves out of this? Because that's that's my biggest concern is is that they've been chasing Luke books apparently for a bit, unable to get him. This is all reportedly guys. They haven't really signed any half at all. It seems like Clune and Clifford, you know, they started off the year the first couple of games were absolutely outstanding. Ever since then, in and out of first grade, confidence up, confidence down. Like, is Tyson Gamble the answer? And I don't mean that, like, in a disrespectful way to Tyson, but, you know, Tyson's a battler and he's in your face and I love that shit. Like, I love the fact that he's out there trying his heart out. But he's not a superstar that's a club turner, you know, so do they, where do they go to fix that problem? I don't know. And, you know, I, I heard you two at the start when we started about the night, Adam Ellen, Jack Hetherington, like these two, like they're, they're goers and it's good to have them in the team. Like, mate, were, were they short of that? They had Frizzell, they've got Clemmer, they had Mitchie Barnett. Like uh, they're just, I don't know what the answer is. And I think Tyson Gamble, if you've brought him in to play 5'8", is there another player in this competition that needs a, a good halfback next to them more than Tyson Gamble? He's a running 5'8". <clears throat> yeah, and he's tough. fantastic yeah. at it, but you need the right seven next mm. to him. I mean, like, they, they, and I hate to go back to it, but they, they came out in the first two weeks. They look like, you know, the Globetrotters. They mm. looked unbelievable. From week two onwards, they won four from 22 games. They beat Canterbury, New Zealand, Gold Coast, and the West Tigers. <laughs> oh, they essentially beat the other four teams that are around them on the bottom of the ladder, mm. and that was fucking it. Mate, is it was a disaster year, disaster year, and I then mean, all the stuff that happened with Clemmer and the trainer. Oh. Mate, like you, like there's a no, late for the bus. Cape, like there's there's just been a different shit fight every week that has happened up there. I I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess the positive is that it couldn't have gone much worse this year. You can I, only go up. Yeah. There's a lot of hard lessons that they can take we'll, out of this season, and we'll try to like. Some of you might be like, oh, why aren't you talking about all the positive things next year? We'll have a season preview, guys, where yeah. we, we sit down, we go through roster, depth, fuck, all that kind of stuff. We more just want to focus on what's happened this year for each team. The clever one for me was just like, if you needed an example of focusing on the wrong thing, it was that. Yeah. You had the one guy, the best player all year, that refused to take a backward step, no matter how much they were getting beaten, was doing... If anything, they should have been buying more into what Clemmer was doing. Instead, they, the bloke nearly was public, like it was a public massive story because he swore at a trainer. Oh. Like, I, oh man. So yeah, just a devastating year. Like even, like the, the thing is even some of their players that improved so much over the last couple of years, all of a sudden, you know, didn't have the best years. Um, I guess some shining lights was uh, the the young the Doug debutante that we spoke about, uh, Mapapalangi. Mapapalangi, I thought he was really good. He's normally a, a half, but he played in the centres. Really good sign if, of a good young footy player if you can chuck him in and debut him in a position that he's not and he can hold his own. He even had a try assist in his first game. Um, Two old that's good for this season, Dominic Young. I thought he improved out of sight. Yeah. I think towards the end of the year, he, he fell off a cliff a little bit, but I agree with you. He was outstanding for most of it. 
this time last year, I didn't think he was going to be in first. Yeah, grade. agreed, agreed. And I was like, bro, do you know how big and fast you are? Yeah. <laughs> but it was his reads that he was just, he was all over the place. You could see teams literally coming in with a game plan just to go to his wing. Mm. Um, I, I thought that he really improved throughout the season. He, he's going to play for England in the World Cup, so he'll get a lot of experience there against good sides. So uh, he's a positive. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, geez, it's a tough year. How's he, you're... Top try scorers for the season, Eddie Lee and Dominic Young. Top point scorers, Eddie Lee, Dominic Young. Oh, fuck. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. That is tough. Um, hopefully we see Bradman Best find his form again. They really missed him. Got to talk about Dan Gagai. Started the year fucking amazing. Mm. Amazing. Best center in the comp start of the year. And it just just all unraveled from there. Um, so hopefully he can find his feet again because he's, he's crucial to them going forward. That's the other thing that, you know, starts to make it tough when they're trying to recruit guys as well. Like you got Frizzell and Gagai that arrived there as kangaroos. And yeah. now not even in the conversation. Oh, it's tough. It's fucking so tough. It's um so Jacob Saifidi made his origin debut, which was good to see. Yep. It's a positive. It's true. Um, so look, unfortunately, really disappointing for the for the Knights. Everything uh, I, un, unless they pick things up straight away. I think there's going to be big changes at the club next year, yeah. unfortunately. And I, I hate to say that because you never want people to be moved on or whatever, but that's the, the nature of the beast. Now on to the Warriors. Um, look, I, I just think they ran out of steam. Like, they eventually got home, but I just think these last couple of years have impacted the club so much, it's going to be really tough for them to, to be able to just bounce back and and find their feet. I think it's going to take them a couple of years to bounce back, if I'm being honest. And I think that's completely fair as well. Mm. They've sacrificed so much over the last few years and done huge overs for our game. Um, it's a, I cannot believe they're not getting... Like, my understanding is that they're not getting any extra games or anything next year. To my understanding. so fucked. It's not even fucked. Is that, is that correct, I, though? From what I've gathered, I haven't heard that they're getting any form of compensation at all. And I cannot believe it that that is i i feel terrible as a rugby league community member that we're treating our warriors like that after what they did for us after the sacrifice they made for us as a club could have shut the whole comp down and like maybe they got compensated at the time or something give their fans something you want to grow in you want to grow in new zealand you want to you want to attack that market because all the whispers are the second team maybe in new zealand like that's going to come into the comp Give their fans something back. Yeah, you're right. So basically nine games are at Mount Smart. There'll be one in – there'll be two like in New Zealand but not at Mount Smart, so Wellington and EPR. And then the last one is in Magic Round. So that doesn't even count. So they've got 11 games, home games. Look, unless unless the Warriors are – they, they chose for that and they want that and there's some kind of rights <coughs> deal or, or whatever. But I think if that is – that's disappointing, Just man. Just give them a few more home games. Just, yeah, like, like how hard is it? Just a few more <coughs> home games, compensate the other team or whatever uh, to a certain degree. Like, yeah, okay, it's going to cost the NRL a bit of money. How much would it cost you if they had it pulled out of the comp and mm. said, no, we're not living in another country? How much would have that cost the NRL? Much more than three or four games where you've got to, you know, compensate the normal home games. That's really disappointing, man. Really disappointing. Um, look, in regards to the season... Uh, Reese Walsh was a shining light. Fenor Blake had a period there where he was really good, um, but unfortunately, it was just a 
a disappointing year. There wasn't. There's not really that much to talk about for the Warriors. Yeah, a um, couple of young guys that they unearthed this year that have got talent. Obviously, you know they, they managed to get Volkman over there. Um, Valia, he played some good footy there. I Rock, think Rocco Berry. Is the we were talking about him? Um, that young is it? It's not Pompey, is it? Which back? He's like still a teenager, and he's a fucking beast. Matt had that crazy trial where he stepped um, Gold Coast Titans and Did ran the, the length. Maybe that, yeah, maybe yeah, him. Now yeah. yeah, he is still a teenager. <laughs> He's good. He could be special. He yeah. could be real special. Yeah, and we talk like we spoke about him in the preseason about like how he, he did really well in Queensland Cup last year, and he was he was able to handle that level, and then he came into first grade and probably wasn't quite up to scratch at the start of the season, but towards the back end, you saw him get a lot of confidence and really mm. improve. So hopefully, he'll be one that kicks on. Um, Luke Metcalf is another one they've signed. I think he could be a really good signing for them. Uh, Chance forward. would be good, I think, for him. Yep, Tamari Martin's another one that could Tomorrow be fantastic. I, I like him. <coughs> How do they line up? Do we think? Because there's a million different avenues they could go with. Is it Chance at one? I suppose SJ starts at seven, provided he gets through preseason. All right. Is it Tamari at six? Do they? Uh, there's a few different options. See, I reckon they may go <coughs> Tamari at one, SJ at seven, Volkman at six, Chance in the centres. They seemingly went off Falkman at the end of the season, though. Yeah, well, that was weird, I'm wasn't it? Assey over him, and that they was... haven't re-signed him. And it's like you're trying to build for next year. Yeah. And uh, they asked Stacey, and Stacey <clears throat> said, we're trying to win games now. So that may be just his competitive nature of, like, just trying to win games. But that was surprising because it's like you're out, you're not making the eight. Develop Volkman, he's a gun. If you, the Roosters loved him. Like, he's been there for ages. Develop anyone. <laughs> yeah. And you, like, get yeah. going. And they were playing like, yeah, anyway... Um, I think um, Neocora Neocora would be a great signing He's a really good get Yeah And I was just about to say I think they'll really miss Aitken But getting Barnett And Neocora Is a really good Way to fill that You You probably take a W On that front Getting if, those we, two We think he plays centre Neocora Or yeah. No nah, I think he play On the edge Because they lost Katoa So you would go Probably And you and Aitken And you and Aitken So yeah I think you so play Karen on the edge will probably play one edge Curran's got to be 13, surely. 13. That's what I think. But yeah. And then Tohu in the front row with Adam Fenor Blake. So who will be their edges then? You have Barnett and... Barnett and um, Neokoro. Neokoro, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't think who else is there. Then you've got oh, Tavanga. Maybe he could play 13. I think he's a great 14, he's to be honest. 14, yeah. yeah. Um, so, look, yes, disappointing year, but they have every reason to. And, like, you know, some may say excuses, but... No club has ever been through what they've been through over the last few years. It's going to take time for them to get back into the groove of developing some of the game's best new talent. Um, so hopefully they can bounce back. We mentioned Jazz is a good 14. Sign Dylan Walker as well. He'll be good. Maybe he plays six. I wouldn't mind him at six in Sounds today's like. game or even 13. Maybe a bit small for 13, but wouldn't Man, mind him at six. He's tough, Dylan Walker. I, I wouldn't... I, I mean, when, when he comes off the bench for Manly, he plays 13. When he, he kills it. Field, and he kills yeah, it. So... Um, yeah, they've also got a lot of experienced outside back, so I don't think they will, but Walker back at centre might not be a shocking option too because yeah. their edges were awful this and that's, year. And that we spoke about that points. each week is yeah. like they that's need... That's right, they'll actually consider near core that, That's what yeah. made me think yeah. of him at centre just because their edges were so shoddy. Yeah, year. okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so hopefully they can bounce back now <laughs> onto the West Tigers. Oh, man. Losses, 20. Wins, 4. Um, the West Tigers extremely disappointing year 
Uh, the sacking of Michael Maguire, you know, just after it looked like they'd seen they turned a corner to a degree, uh, was surprising. Then also what was else surprising was, you know, Tim Sheen's obviously taking over, but he didn't take straight over. He brought in someone else and then waited till next year. I would have thought that you would want to get in straight away, straight away and start setting your standards. Um, I will say though, Tim Sheen's for next year, he's got the runs on the board. Um, he's going to have great assistant coaches in Farrah and Benji Marshall. Um, but when in regards to talking about this year, it's a really, really disappointing year for the Tigers. Uh, and the, I guess, concern is is that Hastings arrived, got the seven role, absolutely killed it, and then got moved to 13. So I don't know. What do you think of the Tigers' year, Guru? Just looking at their draw for this year, so they won four out of 24. What about that two-week stretch where they beat Parramatta and then South <laughs> Sydney? Yeah, crazy. What on earth happened there? Well, that, I mean, that was Hastings at seven. It's all Hastings, yeah. It's crazy. I... Yeah, I don't know. We've spoken about it a lot this year. How on earth they think that he's not their best halfback is just beyond me. Um, you know, he'll jump in and play 13 because he'll, he'll play whatever role the coach asks him to do, obviously. But I just – if they start next year without him and a halfback, they're fucked. I, ca- I cannot see it working out for them. I don't – they're the only thing that makes me think maybe they're on something is – the sole reason is because Tim Sheens is the coach – and he's done this over the last 40 years of rugby league. He does things that are a little bit unorthodox, sees the game a little bit differently, and it does work out. But I don't know. My, there's just nothing about this situation that tells me Hastings not playing seven is going to work for the Tigers. Yep. I mean, the positive is their gains are the 2023 Coruscant. Yep. Coruscant, Isaiah Popoli, Tristan Riley. So he's with the Waratahs. Nofaluma. Reportedly, he's going to return. And Oliver Gildart, reportedly, going to return. I don't think Nofaluma returns, if I'm being honest. Yeah, if Nofaluma's there day one, I'll eat my hat. Um, but outside of that, I think that, you know, even towards the end of the year, like Adam Dewey's form dropped off a bit. And I think that that was – it seemed to me, outside looking in, that they, they're they not backing him either. Like, it didn't seem like the club had said, like, you're our guy going forward. And I, and I don't know whether – look, put it this way – I won't be that surprised if in in 12 months both Hastings and Dewey aren't at the Tigers. Which was bizarre because the year before that they seemingly made a six-part documentary telling us that Dewey was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. I don't – I just – I do not get it. Now, how long has Dewey signed for at the club? Um, He's off at the same time as same Brooks time. and Hastings. Brooks off. Hastings off. Yeah, so – November 1st, all three of them are discussing. Wow. And Could they just let go of Jock Madden as well. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Tigers disaster year. Unfortunately, it just doesn't seem to be clicking for them. They have recruited well for next year. Appy Corsia and Papali'i. They can't really get. Honestly, you could argue that's the two best players you could recruit in the off season. Mm. Um, so that's a positive. Uh, but in regards to their season, another positive is they opened a seventy-eight million dollars center of excellence, uh, locked in long-term coaches. Um, yeah. I have to laugh, but they had five captains this year that actually captained them. Yeah. At the start of the season, they named a five-man captain group. Uh, Jackson Hastings captained them the second most out of all of them, and he wasn't in that five-man group at the start of the season. Fuck. Just like there's just little things that just show the dysfunction that is there at the moment. Um, hopefully, Appy can be 
the magic wand like we've seen him be at other clubs. I hope so. You mm. want them to be successful. God, they've got they've got the most passionate fans in the world. They stick by through so <laughs> much shit. It's yeah. not even funny, and they never get rewarded for it. I really do hope that they can turn it around. What do you reckon about the year, Timmy? Oh, not a lot to say <laughs> about their year, mate, but I am quietly optimistic for them for, for significant improvement next year. Mm. And I, I don't know how it's going to play out with Brooksy and whatnot, but if I'm going into next year with a spine of Laurie, Hastings and Dewey in the halves and Appy at hooker with Isaiah Papali'i come in, that is a red-hot spine. Yeah. Plus iPad. Laurie was outstanding in the PM Oof, 13. Outstanding. So I look at that and go, well, firstly, I know there's no Luke Brooks in it. He can just, <laughs> Brooks, he can go to the Knights and sort them out. Yeah. Um, gee, that's an exciting team going into the next year. Uh, there's enough strike around them. So, you know, I, I like how it's not all doom and gloom for them, put mm. it that way. That's And that's what I mean. Like they <clears throat> recruited two of the best players off. Mm. Like you could, there's people that think Apicoros has the best nine in the comp. There's people that think that Papaliti is the best back row on the comp. So you have to give credit there. Like that is fucking fantastic recruitment. Now all the other stuff, it's almost just a part of the Tigers story now. Like mm. you're going to guarantee some calls where you're going, what? But as you said, there is hope there. There is hope there. Um, Get some other silver linings. They'll get Sean Bloor back. He's a gun. He's a brilliant player. Yep. They'll get Tommy Talao back as well, who I thought before he got injured last year, he was looking. And he's really young, well. still twenty-one years old. I think. Yeah, he's got a lot of ability. And I thought the front row they unearthed during the season for Noah Bowl, he was great. Yeah, he was. He was very, very good. So there are there are some positive signs um, there. It's just. Mm. Uh, uh, um, Otu Kamano. Kamano. Stefano, you know Stefano. Stefano. Paul, I can't just can't say his last name. <laughs> but Stefano, if he can find his form again that he found in 2021, he'll be good. Um, well, I think he's. I'm not sure who he's representing in the World Cup. I saw him in a squad. Be, it might, might be good for him to get away for a couple of months. Yeah, we saw what he did when he went into Origin camp and then yeah. came back. So, but I, I just think they need to, and I think they have with Tim Sheens. Like, but they need to get in the admin. All sit down, and that's look. It's easy to say because the infighting has been happening for fucking decades or however long now, and just go, boys, we're all going down Tim Sheen's route. He's the man now. Let's just follow him in. Do or die. Live by the sword. Die by the sword. Because this whole like certain factions, this that, all these different decisions being made, it's hard to pinpoint the area that went wrong because everyone's doing different stuff and you don't know who did what. <clears throat> uh, so Stefano got picked in the Tongan extended squad, but he's since pulled himself out. Okay, so probably preparing for, for next year. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it is. In saying that, if this board, like if the Tigers as a franchise can't put everything aside this offseason and say, hey, by some form of miracle, we've managed to get the one guy that was able to make us relevant in Tim Sheens, let's just back him in 100%. Yeah, just back him. Like for, for me, I'm looking at the Tigers and if, I, if, if they're looking for another coach in four or five years because Tim Sheens, Robbie Farr and Benji Marshall haven't worked out, there isn't enough money in the world Mate. For me to think I can help the Tigers. Yeah, it's uh, the, the the shining light is, is club legends, yep. Tim Sheens, good recruitment. Let's hope they're all on board now. Tim Sheens gets a fresh start. Um, and Appy Coruscant has proven. He changes. Well, I know Penrith are already a solid club, but fuck, he has impact. There's nothing worse than going into a season going, oh, we just don't have the roster to compete with the best. Yeah. Not necessarily the best, best, but they've got the roster to do some damage. So yeah, sure. there's hope. Yeah, often Galway had his best season in a long time, in my opinion. Dane Laurie, plenty of potential. Um, you get Twole back as you well. You get the great Alex Twole. Are you serious? <laughs> the greatest man all time. Lebanon's finest. 
Um, Man, so I couldn't believe when, when he was there the other day. How long are his arms? Yeah, he's a big boy. He's like his his hands go down to his knees almost yeah. when he's standing. I love him. How much of a legend is he? Such a so legend. good. He um when he came walking around from the hill, he gave this big wave. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. Hey. Was, he's good, good to go for the World Cup. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, I, I know he's not, going. He's not. I don't think he's going, but his head is. He said he was totally sweet. He said he was pretty much sweet, like straight away. But yeah. they just wanted to be real safe. He said, "I'm yeah, fair, good." Fair enough as well. Um, but I love Alex Stoll. So look, really, really disappointing year for the Tigers. But there's a bit of hope. There's a bit of hope. So that's the bottom eight review done and dusted for the season, guys. Look, if we didn't speak positively enough about your team, please, we don't dislike your team at all. Uh, we're just trying to look at it honestly and openly. It's our opinion, but. Feel free to leave your opinion in the comments section. Let us know what you think. Um, that's what's great about this game. You can have an opinion. Go back and forth. Talk about footy. Life doesn't get much better. But as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you.